This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Boker Tov, Shavuot Tov. How are you? How was your weekend? Uh, Boker Tov, Shavuot Tov. Yeah, active weekend. Um, so much happening all the time um, on the war front. Um, we had some uh, missile fire. Um, there are still missiles being fired from Gaza. Uh, and so many heartrending stories, Howard. Um, I, I do want to tell the story about 12-year-old Liel Khizroni just for a moment because mm. six weeks, fully six weeks after the October the 7th massacre, Liel Khizroni's remains have finally now only been positively identified using DNA testing. Um, and mm. the, um, the, the authorities have confirmed her death. Um, and uh, the story of Liel Khizroni is, is, is an amazing and a sad story all at the same time because Liel and her twin brother, Yanai, were born to their mother, um, who was uh, from Kibbutz Be'eri, and her mother, their mother, the twins' mother, suffered um, um, bad health immediately after the twins were born, which meant that these twins were actually raised by their grandfather and by their aunt, uh, together with the people of Kibbutz Be'eri, who, who helped to raise these twins. And um, the um, family were on the Kibbutz on that fateful day on October the 7th, and unfortunately, all of them have now lost their lives. Um, Liel and her brother Yanai, as well as their grandfather and their aunt, um, the, 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 the remains of the aunt and Liel were only... De- positively identified now. We understand that they were moved from the area to another location, that they were killed, that the house was set on fire, that only now have Liel and Ilaz um, remains finally been positively identified. And what was very moving was when um, the grandfather and the brother were buried, because Liel's remains were not available, they decided to bury some of her belongings oh, alongside her twin brother uh, just uh, so that there was a place uh, that would be uh, marked with her remains. Now they've found her remains. She will apparently be interred in due course um, on Kibbutz Be'eri. But a very, very, very sad story of uh, Liel and of Yanai, their aunt Ila and their grandfather Avia, oh, who um, were all just unnecessarily assassinated during that fateful day on October the 7th. Tremendously sad story and just one of so many, one of so many of these kind of stories. And I'm sort of slowly but surely able to confront some of these finally now because for me it's been t- particularly difficult to get too involved in some of the personal mm. aspects of I these have stories. To tell you, I find of, it too hard to. I, I actually, I'm not there yet. I find these stories too hard to confront, too hard to to watch, to read about, and and it's not a good thing, I know, but I, I just find them too overwhelming. 
Well, I, I don't know if it's a good or, good or bad thing. I'm, I think I, I can't be judgmental because I've really tried to avoid it um, mm-hmm. up until now. But I, slowly but surely, I do want, you know, one feels the necessity at some point to step into the shoes of the tremendous bravery and some of the suffering that people had to go through. And let's just remember that the only reason why all of this happened was because these were Jews. These were Israelis and these were Jews. There was no other reason why these twins would need to be killed other than the fact that they happened to be Jews living in the state of Israel. And we can't forget that when there is so much other um, background noise going on um, about what Israel is or is not doing and the criticism and the war crimes accusations and the accusations of collective punishment, let's always try and remember where this particular chapter of the book started October the 7th and what happened there and why it happened. Mm, absolutely right. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about the the huge amount of information or no, the very significant amount of information that has come out regarding the Shifa hospital being used for terror activities. Yeah, so so Shifa hospital is is become a point of major controversy. On, on all sides of this particular discussion. And I think what I've, you know, yesterday it was interesting that the IDF spokesperson, spokesperson, when he gave his daily briefing about what the IDF had been up to yesterday and, and most of the briefings have been focused on activities in Gaza, although they do address things that go on on the northern border. And let's not also forget the massive amount of activity that's happening in Judea and Samaria. Air strikes on Janine for the first time in decades uh, due to the terror activities that are going on within Judea and Samaria. Massive, massive, massive um, uh, IDF operation there as well. But let's just have a, a, a moment to think about Shifa Hospital. The, the controversy surrounding Shifa Hospital um, is being turned back on Israel because Israel is absolutely convinced that Shifa Hospital has been not only a command control center for Hamas over the years, but has now over the past few weeks not only been uh, used as a place to hide Hamas terrorists, Underneath a ship hospital in the, in the control center and within the tunnels under the hospital. But also now we are increasingly convinced that Shifa hospital was a main point for the hostages when they were taken from Israel. Many of them seem to have been moved through Shifa hospital. And yesterday, um, the IDF spokesperson, spokesperson went out of his way to try to demonstrate what evidence we have to prove that Shifa Hospital has been um, a main point and therefore all of this focus by the IDF in evacuating patients and staff from the hospital has been fully justified. Mm-hmm. Of course, the international community has turned around and said this is a war crime because uh, under the uh, Geneva Convention, um, a military is not entitled to attack a hospital facility. And that is entirely true. However, the Geneva Convention does say unless, and the unless is if it's being used for military activities itself, there can be very little doubt that this is the case. And as I say, yesterday's briefing showed um, videos of things that had happened inside Shifa Hospital. Some of the hostages who had been brought there, it showed video footage of hostages inside Shefa Hospital, so there's little doubt that the hostages were brought there, except for the fact 
that one of the Thai hostages was shown injured on a trolley being wheeled through Shifa Hospital, to which, of course, the Hamas uh, uh, supporters have said, well, isn't that mm. a humanitarian mm, gesture yes, that the hostage was them. injured and was brought immediately to the hospital for treatment, except that they forgot to mention why all of the other hostages, some of whom are on that footage as well, why they were brought to Shefa Hospital when they has, had suffered no injuries. There can be little doubt that what happened in Shefa Hospital is um, remains to be revealed uh, in, in, in all of its fullness, but I have read a number of different reports which have said that numerous, numerous bodies have been brought back to Israel from Shefa Hospital for identification. So that, I have to understand, means that there has been something of a massacre of some of the hostages in Shefa Hospital, in or around the areas of Shefa Hospital, and that some of those bodies have already been brought back to Israel and there is now a process of identifying them. I'm bracing myself for the next few days because I'm expecting more and more information about what happened to those hostages, not good things to be coming out. Um, we can only hope that some of them still are alive, but at least for now there is a very strong indication from the reports that we've read that many of them at least some of them and perhaps many of them were killed and some of those uh, bodies have been found in the area of Shifa Hospital. So, um, you know, I don't think that we're going to convince anybody who doesn't want to be convinced mm, that mm. Shifa Hospital was a place of war crimes committed by Hamas and committed also by some of the medical staff who were working in Shifa Well, that to me, that to me, uh, I keep saying this, this to me is the big story here. The World Health Organization, UNRWA, uh, the United Nations, it's very clear that they were complicit here. Very, very clear. There can be little doubt because those videos show medical staff helping the Hamas terrorists mm, to move mm. people around the hospital, opening doors for them, clearly cooperating with them. Um, and, you know, I don't, there is of course no answer to that except that all the mud has been slung in the opposite direction. So mm, as I say, mm. I certainly would never be convinced that the um, focus on Shifa Hospital has been unjustified. I think that it's absolutely the right thing to do. I think that the amount of intelligence that we've had shows that Shifa Hospital was, was used in all the most heinous types of ways and all the, the worst possible ways of the use of a hospital. Um, and there is still a lot more information to come out about some of the events that took place in and around the area of Shifa Hospital. And by the way, in the grounds of the hospital, mm -hmm. some military vehicles were found that Hamas terrorists had taken on October the 7th and left there um, in the hospital environs. There can be absolutely no doubt that the terrorists were there, the so-called Nakba terrorists, those who mm, participated mm. in October the 7th events, were there. There were hostages there. No doubt and, and there is a lot more to Yeah, to you know out. the famous words from uh, Simon and Garfunkel, all lies and jest, still a man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest. Uh, I think that Correct. is true. That is true. Um, Anthony, tell us about the, uh, tell us about this hijacking of the this ship it it was a very strange story that uh, seems to have taken place yesterday 
uh, indeed a strange story. The ship is known as Galaxy Leader. That's the name of the ship. It's a ship that um, is flagged under the Bahamas flag, which is not unusual because we generally find that these ships uh, get flagged um, according to tax and legal reasons rather than uh, who they're truly owned by. But the focus of the ship really came from the Houthis, where they've decided that they weren't giving, getting enough attention, that too many headlines were being directed in other places and they weren't getting enough attention. And so, and they said as much. And they said they wanted to try and up the ante a little bit and therefore they've sent this hijacking crew to hijack what they called an Israeli ship. Now, um, amongst all of the denials and all of the information that's flowed around, there can be little doubt that at least part, uh, a part ownership of the ship is in the hands of an Israeli businessman, and um, the, in the, by the name of um, um, Mr. Unger, uh, and he is uh, a, a Rami Unger. He's not only a part owner of this ship, but indeed he's a part owner of some other ships that have also been um, the subject of uh, a number of other attempted hijackings. Um, it was interesting that the Prime Minister yesterday didn't talk about the Houthis at all when he referred to the ship. He just said, Iran. Iran has hijacked this ship, mm. and Iran is trying to up the ante, um, even though the Iranians have said without any doubt that they don't want to become directly involved in the war. But this is a, a you know a complex uh, international um, conglomerate because it's a Bahamian, Bahamas flagged ship. It's owned by a British company. It's currently being leased out to a, a Japanese company. But uh, Rami Unger is certainly a part owner of the ship. Fortunately, the crew on the ship, none of them were Israeli. There apparently are something like 20 crew on the ship who come from a number of different countries, Ukraine, Bulgaria, Philippines, Mexico, a number of other different countries. We're not quite sure of what the current status is, but this was clearly directed at Rami mm, Unger's mm. part ownership of the ship. We should understand that. Very interesting indeed. Anthony Ruff, that's all we have time for. I don't know why it goes so quickly. It is 8 o'clock. We'll catch you tomorrow morning at 7.45. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Israel.